Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week here on the Duncan Duo Show to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market. I'm Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo team, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage, here every Sunday at 10 on WFLA News. And, you know, I want to first tease a, a really cool video series I'm about to start called Rides in Real Estate. So if you're into cars and into real estate, um, I'm a I'm a car guy. I've, I've got a, a small but growing car collection. And uh, we've got some cool cars with agents and team members at our company. What we're basically going to do is we're going to drive around Tampa neighborhoods and talk about real estate with a quick little showcase of the car we're in that day. Think of uh, you know Jerry Seinfeld, you know Cars and Coffee, that kind of thing. And uh, we're going to drive around and talk about different neighborhoods. The first one we're doing is uh, Bayshore Boulevard in South Tampa. We're going to talk about very cool uh, some of the uh, luxurious properties there, some of the celebrities that live there. Uh, talk about pricing. Um, and, and different things and, and cruise up and down uh, Bayshore Boulevard. So if you're interested in that, make sure to follow us. Uh, we're going to put it on our YouTube channel and our Instagram channel. We are at The Duncan Duo on uh, any of those socials. And I'm sure we'll cross promote it on the others. Make sure, So make sure you're following us. We're on all the social channels at The Duncan Duo for our rides and real estate video series. Some exotic cars. And they're not just going to be my cars. Or sometimes we're going to be driving cars of friends. You know, um, I've got a, a professional race car driver who's going to go out with this. So we've we've, made, cool. we've organized some pretty cool stuff, and uh, it'll it'll be a lot of fun. So rides in real estate. So want to um, talk to people about red flags when buying a house, and it's it's today there are more of them than there ever have been. Um, but I want to talk to you about some of the major things to look at. Um, one of the very first things that you notice, I think sometimes real estate agents overdo it and even open houses, Febreze, you know, overdoing it on the scent. Yeah. Um, like if you if you walk into a house and it, it's overdone on the scent, um, it, it, there could, it could be an underlying problem. They could be trying to mask a bad smell, a mold right. issue, um, a mildew issue or or just in general, like a smoky type Smoker, smell. Yep. You know, so so too much scent. Um, we've even had buyers request to come back to homes with the air fresheners removed um, or or clients. Um, and my father was one of these um, and, and that had a COPD and the air fresheners caused problems with his breathing. Sure, right. So there are times when we've even had people request, hey, look, I want to go back to the house, but can all of the air freshener stuff, you know, come out? So another, um, another red flag, poor tiling. Um, if you see like Buckles in the tiling or a lot of cracks, that could be a sign that something underneath is going on. There could be some settlement. There could be, uh, you know, it could just be a poor job. There could be no sub subfloor properly done. Right. Could be a variety of different things. But if you see cracks and, and you, know, uh, you know, ebbs and valleys with the tile, it's it's, it's pointing out a, a sign. And that, that kind of leads to the next point, the foundation issues. Right. Um, you know, in Florida, we have natural settlement. So it's it's relatively regular for you to see some stair step cracks in stucco on sides of homes. I mean, we're not, you know, we we have a low elevation. The way our soil is is very sandy. Right. Uh, you know, you're gonna find some stucco cracks in most houses after a period of time. Um, I live in a two year old home, and I've already had to have stucco cracks, you know, dealt with. You know, just minor the cosmetic side of it. So you really want to see how thick those cracks are. Um, there's code that's out there that determines like at what point it's considered a problem. And I've heard everywhere from an eighth inch to a quarter inch. And if it's around that size then it, then it could be problematic. So that's something, those foundation issues, uh, similarly, um, you know, we have a lot of frame bungalows here, right? So then those wood frame homes that are, have, you know, ebbs and valleys in the floor, you know, all that kind of stuff. Foundation issues can be one of the worst things 
uh, and the most expensive things to deal with on a home. Um, deferred property maintenance. Um, a lot of that happening. And and it could be as simple as, you know, the the air, fil- air filter register not cleaned or, um, you know, the, the house isn't clean or it's not been repainted or it's got old this or old that. Um, and, and typically, if you see deferred maintenance, a lot of people, and it may not be the case, but a lot of people will assume that there's other issues, right? Right. Yeah, and that they don't take care of their house as well as they can. You know, when you're going to list your house, you want to present it in the best light possible. And if you're not willing to do some of those things that you can see to the naked eye, what could be, you know, behind what the What else thing? is behind the walls? Right. Yeah, yeah, no see. doubt about it. Uh, red flag number five, nearby water. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean a body of water. A body of water could be a red flag, too, because sure. guess what? You're more likely to have flood. You know, right. There's a lot of good that comes along with it. I live on the water myself, so yeah. I, I get I get the pros and the right. cons. You, I know you do as well. Yep. So, so, But when they're talking nearby water, I think they're talking about puddling. Yes. You know, puddling, um, water settling in the in the yard. Um, I've seen water settling in a yard be a sewer uh, sewer septic issue. I've seen it be a drainage problem where houses flood more easily when you have water settling in the driveway or on the side of the house and it doesn't go away. Um, red flag number six. Um, it says wonky, <laughs> wonky windows, windows yeah. which I think um, when it what it's basically saying is you know, doesn't have new windows typically like the the jealousy windows and the crank windows and you know if, if the windows look like they've been like sealed a bunch right. you know or painted to try and make them look good but they're really old uh, windows are, are you know in Florida um, there's code and permitting and and when you replace those it's a lot more challenging. It's more expensive. You have to upgrade. You have to do some different things. And it also can be very timely production of the windows and getting materials right now with the shortage we have right now. If you have a house that needs windows, plan on it sitting for a while. Yeah, especially if they aren't standard size and they get a lot of that in Florida and they got to be custom done, take forever. Red flag number seven, and we mentioned this with the scent part of it, but mold. Um, Not just the smell of mold, but the look of mold. Black mold in the house can be the scarlet letter. I mean, you you know, you've got to, you've got to look out for, uh, you know, water leaks and things, you know, humidity and areas of the home that could uh, be festering mold. Uh, Number eight, water damage. Same, same kind of concept, roof leaks. Um, you know, damage underneath water, like door sills, uh, water coming in that way. Um, and, and sometimes it could be an, AD, an AC pan, you know, that overflows. So, so again, water damage can be very expensive. Um, cosmetic enhancements can sometimes be a red flag that they're hiding something. Right, yeah. You know, so that's always something to think about. I know that, that um, you know, sometimes people that are renovating a home will cut corners or not want to take care of a certain thing and, and try and cover something up. So cosmetic enhancements could signal rarely most of the time people are just upgrading their house to upgrade their house so this is a rare one but rarely does it happen but it does uh red flag number 10 improper ventilation um so one of the things that happens here in south tampa is these older homes don't have the um they don't have the roof um vented properly and they don't have a fan so then what ends up happening is smells kind of sit in the house the ac has to overwork itself um, and, and you get, you know, you just get these nasty, smelly type situations. So ventilation's a, a really big thing. Um, and, and I think it's important to, to pay attention to that when you're buying a house. So those are our red flags. Again, you can check out more of the red flags. We'll put this video up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash the Duncan duo. But, um, nonetheless, I want to move on. What is a mansion? This is something I actually talked about not long ago with someone because I had a hard time defining it. Um, and, and I saw a lot of different, like, um, a lot of different 
Opinions? Opinions yeah. about how much square feet makes a mansion. Where and they are, I would I would think may, means a ton, right? Correct. Would, yep. So so luxury amenities are something that's considered a mansion. So entertainment facilities, leisure space, a movie theater, lavish grounds, a lot of a lot of land. Yeah. Is also considered right. a mansion. Sometimes you you know, if you're in a neighborhood where they're really big houses but they're on top of each other, right. probably not a mansion. Uh, you know, a mansion should be able to, you know, not have someone really close to it. Um, I've seen a lot of people kind of stick it at minimum is 5,000 square feet, but but most people that I, I talk to believe it's more like 8,000 is probably really a mansion depending on the, the layout and the area. But like you mentioned, a mansion in New York City is going to be different than a mansion in Indianapolis, Indiana. Sure, for you sure. Know I mean, the sizes, the, you know, all those things. But, um, you know, you drive around Tampa and you see a lot of homes that I call McMansions, which are like, you know, they're they're almost a mansion. Right. You know, they're big houses. But they're on top of an. There's something missing from it to really be a right. mansion. Right. If you took them and put them somewhere else, they would definitely be a mansion. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Uh, sure. Other other things that um, you know, other things like larger garages, um, you know, waterfront, um, you know, sometimes like for example, you'll have waterfront homes that are considered mansions, but are really close to their neighbor. But that's just because the value of the waterfront land and how developed right, so and tight those land yes. lots are, that sometimes you'll still have a, a mansion. So so you could take, like you said, you could take a house in one part of Tampa Bay and put it in one neighborhood and it not be a mansion. And then in a different neighborhood, it's For a mansion. Sure. So so it's not I wish there was a really simple way to um, you know, to define it, but there just isn't. So uh, mansions can really mean a lot of different things. And some of the coolest things I think I've seen in mansions, um, you know, over the years of we of, as we've sold real estate, um, you know, indoor pools, yeah, uh, indoor basketball courts. Uh, obviously, I'm a basketball guy, so uh, enormous garages, um, indoor saunas, like almost like not just like a little steam sauna, but literally like a spa, full on spa, like yeah. literally like a thousand That's square awesome. foot yeah. spa, you yeah. know, like in their house. Another one, one of the coolest mansions I've ever toured is the uh, CEO of Remax, Dave Leniger. So when 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 I um, became a Remax franchisee uh, a little over a decade ago, um, got to fly out to Denver and and go visit him at his home, and he kind of took a liking to me because we're both from small towns in Indiana, and his house is thirty three thousand square feet. Wow, it's like a shopping mall. Yeah, and his luxury feature, he has an armed guard. At his front gate, number one. Number two, probably the coolest thing that I thought was that he has a full-on sports bar nice. in his house. All right. And and numerous wet bars throughout the house with beer on tap. Wow. So okay. I'm not a beer drinker, yeah. but I did think it was pretty cool factor. That is cool. So so I think that that definitely put him up on the uh, you know, he could be on MTV's Cribs. No question yeah. his was a mansion, right? That was a mansion. <laughs> 33,000 I mean, square feet. Honestly, I think it was like three mansions. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, uh, I mean, you had like one wing and another wing and then the center wing. And yeah. and um, so, so nonetheless, a lot of different features make make a home a mansion. And, um, you know, similarly, Denver, um, you know, large lots, large properties. Right. You could have a home there that may be a big home, but in a neighborhood that has small lots and maybe it's not considered a mansion. So there's no, you know, it, there's no um, – there's neither a legal dictionary definition or a checklist of characteristics that can, you know, that can 100% verify. A lot of times it's just opinion and, you know, gut instinct and this is a mansion or this isn't a mansion. So, again, you're listening to the Dunkin' Duo Real Estate Show here on WFLA News. We're we'll back. We're going to continue our conversation about the local real estate market. We're going to talk about TLC 
No, I don't mean the old R&B <laughs> band. Okay, I'm not talking about that. I think they're touring again, by the way. But uh, we're not going to talk about uh, TLC, but we are going to talk about what it means in real estate, why you should maybe run from TLC after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show. I teased this before the break, but we're talking about TLC. And again, no, not the R&B band. We're talking about when a real estate listing uh, says TLC. So TLC stands for Tender Loving Care uh, or T-Boz Left Eye and Chili, however you want to, <laughs> however you want to say it. But my point is that um, TLC homes are um, defined that by the real estate agent, typically because they need work. Yes. I've seen a whole variety of what TLC is. <laughs> right. Okay. I've seen homes that need TLC that don't have a roof. Yeah. I've seen homes that need TLC that don't have a kitchen, have been gutted, that have vandalism all over. And then I've seen homes that are defined as TLC and and all they really need is some updated appliances and some better photos. You know, like I'll see I'll see people say, oh, that house needs a lot of TLC. And all it really is is that the owner that lives in it is really sloppy and has like ugly stuff and right. keeps the house messy. And then the agent they hired did a crappy job on photos and it makes the house look like it needs TLC and it really doesn't need much. Right. So I've bought homes that the seller thought were way worse than they were, mostly because their stuff was really bad. <laughs> you know, so so a TLC home doesn't all, they don't always mean the same thing, just like the mansion. It's right. it's there's no textbook definition of what a TLC home is. But buying a, a home that does need a lot of work or a TLC um, can be good for the right person, but it can be bad. It can be bad because it requires a lot of cash investment. It could be bad because the financing may be more problematic, right? Right. Yeah. Depending on the again, what the t the definition of TLC in that right. case, right? It's it's all over the place um, on what it can be. But yeah, if there's things materially wrong with it or structurally wrong, you, it could be harder to. Yeah. So financing. if a TL if a TLC house needs a new roof, right, could be a problem. Yeah, if a TLC sure. house, uh, you know, had a sinkhole, could <laughs> be a problem. If a TLC house needs new windows, if a TLC house won't pass a four point, I mean, so again, you have a lot of things that that could come back and be problematic. TLC for real estate investors can be a jackpot. Right. Because, you know, especially today, a lot of the um a lot of the funds and the instant home buyer people, not myself cuz I'll buy I'll buy it if it needs work. I want it if it needs right. work. If you got a house that needs work, we want to buy it. Duncanduo.com, hit me up. We we want it. But some of the large hedge funds don't want to touch the stuff that needs a lot of work. And so what ends up happening is um you know, the investors can can do well on the TLC homes because they can fix them up and and you know th they get opportunities that maybe they wouldn't otherwise get. So so if you're an investor and you're somebody that has skilled labor, that has access to contractors, that has access to construction, TLC home may be the right fit for you. If you're a first-time home buyer, probably not the right move. So then when you're listing a home, when would you as the expert in there use actually TLC? I probably would never use TLC. Okay. I mean, truthfully, because my idea of advertising real estate is to accentuate every positive I can. I think there's a negative connotation with it. Yes. So, so I don't want to use TLC. Um, and, and the reality is, is I would say something like, you know, I, I would word it more like um, this home has potential to be everything you ever want. You know, sure. but using the words TLC, like you said, because some someone may see the word TLC and it's a scarlet letter. Right. You know, and, and I want to get as many people into the house as I can. So I don't want to do anything that might deter someone from, from going in it. Great advice. Um, so, so there are, however, real estate agents that will say house needs TLC. Um, part of that's expectation setting. They don't want the agent to get there and then be upset. 
or that you know they don't you know and and me truthfully I my goal is pleasing the seller my goal is representing the seller if someone goes to the house and they're not happy with the condition oh well we'll find the next one I want to get as many eyes and people into that house For but sure. a lot of real estate agents will um will opt and use that kind of language and and truthfully I like I said I think it I think it does a disservice a lot of times to the you know to the seller because there may be people because there are varying definitions for it. There may be people that see that TLC and think that's not TLC, right? That's not as bad as I thought, or vice versa. They see the word TLC and they're like, I, I looked at a TLC listing a few days ago. You know, yeah. not a T Boz <laughs> Left Eye and Chili, yeah. not a not an SWV Sisters of Voices <laughs> T Boz Left Eye, not not one of those houses, not their homes, but one that needs work, right? So so nonetheless, um, you know, you've you've got to pay attention to that the the language and the verbiage, but. But there are agents that do it, and there are sellers that want to put it in there. Um, but but usually we'd like to make that say something better, like the house has amazing potential, right. or you know, it, you know, it, it needs some cosmetic upgrades, but has great bones or something like that, you know. So, but but TLC typically is, um, you know, because it's subjective, you're going to have people that are that are going to misunderstand it. So, typically, homes that need work, though, if um, you know, if it's, if it does need some, some work, um, it's going to be sold as is a lot of times because there, there's a reason why it's in that position. They don't want to do a bunch of work or they would have already. So, right. so their goal is to sell it to somebody that will buy it at a price where they can fix it up and still feel like they got a value, you know? So, so again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo real estate show. When we aren't on air, make sure to check out all of our socials at the Duncan Duo. Um, we're doing a really cool video series called Rides and Real Estate coming out soon. So if you're not following us, make sure to. We're gonna we're gonna uh, scoot around Tampa in some exotic cars, sports cars, a couple of Teslas. Um, you know, we've got some plans to talk about different neighborhoods. So we'll we'll showcase a cool car for a very short portion of the video, and then we're gonna drive around and talk about the real estate in that neighborhood. So if you want to know what's going on in a particular neighborhood, check out our Rides and Real Estate series. Again, you can hit hashtag Rides and Real Estate. Um, or follow us at the Duncan Duo. So we're going to be back after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. I have a phrase that used to be like the bane of my existence uh, that, that I hated. I hated this word uh, probably six, seven, eight or more years ago. Um, a phrase, and it's called a short sale. And if you're listening to this show and you've been, been in the real estate game for a long time, you know what it is. But right. there's a lot of people... Um, they don't know what it is and whether you believe the real estate market is going to shift anytime soon um, or it's going to take years um, at some point you're going to need to know what this is. If you're, if you're in real estate, paying attention to real estate, buying real estate, a short sale is basically a home that is sold for less than what is owed in lieu of going to foreclosure. Right. The bank allows someone to buy the home from the owner and, and does a, you know, a debt forgiveness type situation or a workout plan. Sometimes the, the homeowner has to come up with some money to allow the person to uh, sell and move on. There are a lot of experts that believe it it preserves and, and it preserves their credit a little bit better. Um, and and so there, there are paths to why it might make sense. Now, I haven't seen a short sale in a really long time, but we just listed one. The first short sale I've seen in, in years. Wow. And statistics still show that they're relatively low. Foreclosure rates are record lows. Right. There's, there's not a lot of these, but there are some people in specific industries that got hit pretty hard by COVID. Um, people that were waiters or waitresses, you know, service industry type stuff that really got shut down completely. And so some of those folks are having a hard time 
as tourism to slows back to a pace or or they lost their job or their company closed or whatever it is. And and so that's what a short sale is. It's it's not short in length of time. It's extremely long in length of time because you have to go through the bank to approve the deal. Right. And they're just banks are not, banks are set up to loan money. Right. They're not. Yes. They're not set up to, to do this stuff. Right. Right. And so how long has it been since you guys have financed a foreclosure, you think? I Yeah, it's been so long. I, I don't even I can't even remember. I mean, I you know, I've been with Cross Country Mortgage seven and a half years. I don't think we've we've dealt with one since we've been there. I mean, it's been a long, long time yeah, since. Yeah. You know, short sailing. I bet a lot of people, you know, might not know what it is. I mean, back, you know, in 2008 through 2012, everyone knew what a short sale was. Right. You know, and nowadays it's a, a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of real estate they, agents that, that are new to the game. Yeah, that that really don't know. even know what it right. is. You know, so we've had to educate our team. And fortunately, like the agent of mine that's taking the listing has been with me 10 years yeah, and it used right. to do them. So, yes. so, you know, um, but anyway, the, the way that a short sale works is, you know, the property doesn't become your, it's a typical closing, but the bank has to forgive um, or, or wipe clean or however you want to call it. They have to allow the acceptance of less right. to satisfy the mortgage to let the new buyer buy it. Correct. But just like any other closing, once the buyer is signed and funded the money and the closing is clear, the home becomes that of the purchaser. Now they're the homeowner. Right. And so there are circumstances where um, a lot of people in short sales, they abandon the home, they leave their stuff behind, and then later on want their stuff. And once you own a home, and this has become, this is a commonplace, once you own the property and you've closed on it, all the possessions and everything in there are now yours as well. So those those people that want to come back for their stuff don't have the right to it anymore. Um, and, and so- you know, banks even sometimes will uh, participate in the cleanup of the property or pay for that right. stuff to be hauled away. Um, so, so nonetheless, um, you know, the property becomes the new owners at a closing, just like any other closing. You know, it, it everyone signs, the bank approves it, yeah, that's and it. now it's their house. Yeah, you know, so, um, you know, the if the previous owner doesn't want to let their stuff stay. Then you go the legal path. You know they don't have it. They're not. They're trespassing. You're now the owner, and and that's pretty much, um, pretty much it. But I would say it's still going to be a long time before we see a lot of short sales. Real estate market super healthy. This is literally like a super rare circumstance that that prompted the one that we're going to list. And um, you know they're they're just not commonplace anymore. Sure. So, and I hope I hope that we don't see them for a really long time. Yeah, I don't I don't see they're brutal. Right. Brutal. And with, with rising property values, you know, continuing to rise and that sort of thing that 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 will help limit them as well. Yeah, so yeah, I don't yeah. see them. You're in, right. Cuz if someone hits in, a rough patch, they have equity. Right. So they can just sell and not be. So it must have been a very unique situation, but it's, nonetheless it's, it happens. It's funny. I mean, I remember this like when the short sales were thinking my my kid, uh, she just went to college, real little. Mm. And I would say something like, oh, we listed a short sale. And she'd be like, oh, not another short sale, dad. Because she'd hear me complain like, right, all the time yeah, yeah. about the short sale. So she That's even knew funny. what a, yeah. she even knew what a short sale was. So, so again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show here on um, WFLA News. You know, one of the phenomenons we have in South Tampa, um, and, and not just South Tampa, but other older neighborhoods throughout Tampa, is back when a lot of homes were built, you know, cars were not a regular thing. You've got bungalows and 20s houses that don't have, um, you know, garages or have very little garages and or um, back then had separate spaces and those garages were converted. And so we get this all the time where customers are like, hey, I got this three bedroom, two bath, two car garage. And, you know, I know the price per square foot is this. And, 
if I enclose my garage that's 400 square feet, does that make my house worth 80 grand more? Uh, no, it no. doesn't. No. Um, does that add some value potentially? Um, it could add some value. Um, does it add what it costs you? No, it adds what it it does to the value of the property. So, so a couple of examples of that in terms of whether or not converting a garage makes sense for you. A lot of it depends on the neighborhood makeup. Yeah. If every home in that neighborhood uh, has a two-car garage and then yours doesn't, um, you're going to hurt yourself because the, the makeup of that neighborhood says that people there want two-car garages. Um, if you happen to have a six-car garage and convert two cars of the garage to living space, you're probably okay. But if you eliminate your garage, um, you know, you're, you're running into a lot of problems where you're going to reduce the number of people that are willing to look at that home and, and likely, um, the garage conversion, you know, issue, um, in a lot of neighborhoods, the garage is worth more than square footage air conditioning because people, people naturally place a premium on it. Yeah. It's so funny you talk about this. I have a house in my neighborhood that last year sold that didn't have the garage was converted. It was a two car garage converted to living space. And the people that have bought it, our car, you know, junkies, kind of like you, have yeah. nice cars and everything else, actually converted it back. And when they first started the construction, I was like, what are they doing? What's going on? You know, because you don't usually see yeah. it, but they converted it back so it's going to be there. So it's a really good point. But all of our neighborhood had garages. So to your point, they were different than everybody else, and it, it wasn't conforming to the neighborhood and probably could have had a negative impact on, yeah. on the sales price. Yeah, the so it really does depend on the neighborhood. Yeah. Like the article talked about it can boost your property value sure. if you do a garage conversion, and it can. But a lot of times it won't. It, it depends on the neighborhood makeup. It depends on how much other storage space is there. Um, you know, a, a lot of variables. And in some neighborhoods, you know, especially with older homes where there's a real heavy premium on a garage because the neighborhood right. doesn't have it and then you have one, the garage is worth more than it has air conditioned space in some instances because so few homes in it in there have one. You know, so people want to live there, but they want their garage too. So there's a premium associated with it. And I think this goes without saying, but coming from the lending side, if you are going to do that and you're going to convert your garage, make sure you get everything permitted. Properly. Yeah, so many people don't. And and that's the other it's, problem it's with a the huge problem. You, you have a lot into. of people that just take concrete and they throw some floor down and right. they put a window air conditioning unit. Like every time I hear someone say they converted a garage <laughs> to air conditioned space, I'm like, oh, what are we going to see here? Right. Tommy Handyman threw a window unit in this thing and yeah. laid some tile down and it's still looks right. like a garage, right. but it's got an air yeah. conditioner and he thinks it's worth 80 grand more, you know, like for it to be considered, um, you know, you, you've got to follow the permit process. There's going to be review steps. There's going to be right. stuff that you have to do to make garage living space. Um, you got to permit it. You got to follow all these steps. But the other thing is, is that you got to do it the right way. If you really want it to be considered part of the house, it needs to really feel and flow like right. part of the house. Like if you yep. simply keep the garage door and then enclose all of the area, and it's got this big, heavy garage door with this step down, it looks like a garage conversion. The, the most successful garage conversions, you would have no idea that right. it was ever a garage. Um, so so it, it can be a lengthy process, um, you know, and, and a lot of people make this mistake, and, and a lot of buyers would prefer, prefer the garage, especially here in some of those neighborhoods where there just aren't a lot of them. Yep, for sure. So, again, you're listening to the Duncan Doe Real Estate Show here on WFLA News. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials uh, at The Duncan Duo, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Our Rides in Real Estate series coming cool, uh, coming soon will be a really cool uh, take on uh, talking about different neighborhoods in Tampa Bay. So I want to uh, talk about the stats really quickly because I reviewed these this week with a, a, a client whose uh, business I coach uh, in, an, in another part of Florida. 
And um, for the first time that we've seen in a while, um, we've seen a couple months in a row of of year-over-year drops in the number of home sales. Right. Very negligible. I'm talking like a percentage point, one or two percentage points. So not much of a change. Some of that could be just fluctuations, you know, pending sales moving from one month to another. I mean, that's such a small number, but it is the first time. Uh, and however, when I look at inventory, uh, inventory is in half of what it was a year ago. So there's the, that does not signal anything to me about any concern with buyer demand because the problem isn't buyer demand. The problem is there aren't enough homes to sell. Yeah. And if you remember back this time last year, it it was so robust, right? And I mean, there were so many sales going on. And that was before, to your point, where inventory was almost double what it is now. And, and it's continued to go lower. So it makes sense that, and it, this is going to happen for the next couple of months. I wouldn't be surprised when next month you talk about it, 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 you see a negligible difference again, because I mean, the year over year comparables are so, it's just so hard. You almost need to compare two years out. Right. And you're also talking about COVID impact, yeah, like all these variables all that, that come into play. That, that, lower. I mean, yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean there's a shift in the market. Right. And it's such a negligible difference to me. It, it's easy. The, the number one you know, explanation factor is, is reduced inventory. I mean, I think I was looking at the Tampa stats and I want to say um, a year ago, there were 6,800 homes on the market and now there's like 3,500, you know? So, I mean, literally like cut yeah. in half. So, so um, you know, we're going to, we're going to wrap the segment up with real estate to die for. All right. Uh, after a quick look, we're, we're, you know, look, it's, it's, it's Halloween, Halloween today. Yeah. I mean, today we're, it is Halloween, you right. know? So I figure, you know what, let's talk about real estate to die for. And, and would you ever live in a house that, that had someone killed? And, and so we're also going to talk about the disclosure stuff with that. Yeah. Cause we get those questions all the time. Hey, did anyone ever die there? was, did someone have COVID there? Uh, we've gotten that one. We've, we've gotten so many of these and, and truthfully as real estate brokers, we're regulated on what we can and can't talk about what we can and can't disclose and, and what's considered a material defect and what is not. So we'll talk about that after a quick break here on the Duncan duo show. So we're back here on the Duncan duo show, Andrew Duncan, the Duncan duo team at Remax with Mike Corrigan from cross country mortgage, Mike real estate to die for. Would you, would you ever live in a murder in a house that had a murder happen in it? I don't know. You know, probably. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on how long ago. I wouldn't yeah. want to be the next buyer of because that Because then home. you could have, like, news people to drive by. Right. Everyone knows and about that, it, and then but, they're always asking questions. But if it was something, you know, 30 years ago or 40 years ago, that yeah. sort of thing, I, I probably would. So. It's interesting because we get these questions, and um, as real estate agents, number one, uh, also, same with me, I, I would. I yeah. would live in a house that had a murder happen in it. I mean, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the house. I mean, right. if I saw a pattern, yeah, you know, right. maybe the house yeah, is haunted. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, there's right. something crazy going on. But, you know, people people pass away. Stuff happens. We've had even people go a further level and say, has anyone ever died in the house? Has anyone ever done this in the house? And it's like, you know, there's only so much of that as a real estate agent we would actually know to begin with. Because the property disclosures that we have the client fill out are all about material defects with the home. Right. Those are things that aren't a material defect. Like whether or not the you know, whether or not it's ever been haunted or whether or not someone, you know, passed away in it or whether or not someone had COVID, you know, whatever it is, we don't get that information. Um, so, so asking real estate agents to provide it, number one, we're typically not going to have it. And even if we do, a lot of times we're, we're regulated not to disclose it because it's not a material defect and it could undermine the seller that we represent. So the best thing I could tell you is if you want to know if something happened in the house, Google the address, Google and, you know, see what you can find out. Um, I actually owned a home a few years ago that had a body found in the backyard. 
Somebody dumped a body in the oh backyard of the home I own. The murder didn't happen there, but the body was found at the home that I wow. own. And so um, I was really nervous. And it, I mean, if you Googled the address, it was all over the news. Like, you know, they, I mean, the, the, there were TV, I was getting phone calls from people. It was, oh it was really goodness. crazy. So, um, but the people knew it. Um, they ended up Googling it and say they knew it and they didn't care. You know, they were happy. They, you know, they wanted the house. And so, so again, to each their own. Um, real estate agents aren't obligated to disclose things like that about someone's, right. you know, health, about anything that doesn't materially affect the value of the home is limited in terms of what we can disclose. Um, you know, so again, it happens. Um, you know, I, I'm not someone who would necessarily mind that much. Um, but, but there are some people who are really, you know, picky about that, the energy or the mojo in the home they feel would be, you know, somehow harmed. Yeah. And I guess the, the good news in Florida is you, you, most of the time you would never even know. Right. Right. And, and you could just assume it didn't happen there, whether it did or didn't, because it's not going to be disclosed. It doesn't need to be disclosed. Certain States, you do have to disclose that though, yeah. I believe, right? There's, I think there are some, states. and I mean, there's a bunch of things that we, that we don't disclose right. here. Um, like we'll get questions about, you know, has anyone ever, you know, died in the house? Uh, you know, did anyone ever have a disease right. or, you know, th- these kinds of things, you know, and it just and doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. And same thing. Like we get the questions a lot about the situation with the sellers. Oh, why are they selling? Because they want money. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, literally, like yeah. every time I get that question, why are they selling? Because they want money. Yeah. Well, why do they want money? Because money is good. <laughs> like they're, you know, yeah. I get, the, I do, I get those. Like, you know, they want to know why, and and like the the problem is, is the more that you disclose as the agent for the seller about a motivation or some or some you know deeper reason that you may know about, the more you might undermine your client. So right, for me, for it's, sure. Why are they selling? Because they want money. Yeah, like, you're you're there to you know, protect the seller. Because the they signed a form the that said they yeah, want money. Right. You know? So, um, but some of those things, again, other disclosure things that, um, you know, th- there were many, many lawsuits way back in the day around HIV and AIDS. Uh, disclosure of whether or not you know that there there were um, there were there have been lawsuits about ha- homes being haunted. And, you know, having spiritual events, um, there have been lawsuits about homes that were across the street from a burial ground and whether or not that affects the right. value. So yeah. there, there's a lot of things like that, not just murder, not just dying. But, you know, since we are in Halloween mode, right. there are a lot of things that people want to know or don't like uh, that could potentially make them not want to buy it. But but according to the state of Florida, those things don't materially impact the value of the home. And again, that could be argued, but that's just the, 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 yeah, the way the, the law says. and the laws that we have. So we're going to, yeah. you know, stick to them and follow by them. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. So again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo real estate show before we go, make sure again, if you're not following us on all of our socials, we always do really cool giveaways. We're the official real estate agents of the bolts again, and, uh, excited for hockey season. Yeah. And um, so we'll have ticket giveaways. We'll have signed memorabilia giveaways. We'll have a lot of really cool stuff. And we've got our rides in real estate. Uh, hashtag rides Looking and forward real estate. To yeah, yeah, it's going to be cool. Like we've already done a teaser video when I was shooting TV commercials this week. And I've got some cool cars, but I've got some friends that have cool cars yeah. too. So we're going we're gonna to incorporate, you know, a bunch of different neat stuff. In, uh, in the series. And we're the goal is every week to do a different neighborhood or area. So Very one cool. week we'll be in South Tampa. Another week we'll be, you know, Wiregrass. You know, maybe we're on St. Pete Beach or Hyde Park. You know, we're really going to get around and talk about what's going on in different neighborhoods. The statistics, uh, some of the draws to the area really kind of help people understand and know um, you know, more about what's going on in that Love particular it. neighborhood's real estate market. So uh, we appreciate you tuning in and we hope you have an awesome rest of your Halloween Sunday. Yeah, happy Halloween.